0: Well, it's it's great to be with you. Uh, It's really good to be with you because I I know Ken well, so, um, you know, Ken was your pastor for many years. Um, So it's good to come to the church of which he was part of. And also, I've passed Chichester many times. In fact, I've sat in queues of (laughs) traffic for hours on end, uh, which is wonderful, really, because when you're sitting there, you think, what should we do? Well, we just pray for Chichester Baptist Church as we wait for the traffic to disappear. Um, My parents lived down in Sussex in Seaford, so when we lived in Hampshire, you know, the route through Chichester was a regular route. I have to say... Yeah, sometimes we thought about Chichester and grumbled and moaned about Chichester. But it is a joy to be here, and it's a pleasure to be able to share with you. And as I said, I mean, part of our role, really, Paul and I and and the rest of the team, we bring our greetings, the whole team bring their greetings to you. There are a number of others that work for the association, by the way, some administrative staff, we've got David, who's an operations manager and so forth. So all their greetings come. And part of our role is, uh, hopefully, this is my prayer, And tell me if we do this or we don't do this. um, Is to encourage you. Encourage you. There's a verse that God particularly gave me back in 2016, before I became a regional minister. I was a regional minister with Southern Counties Baptist Association for four years, in 2018 to 2022. But this came in 2016. It's the verse from Philemon, where Paul writes to Philemon, and he says this, Your love has given me great joy and encouragement, because you, brother have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Don't we need our hearts refreshed? I I think so. I think particularly in these times that we face, often both in church, but also as we seek to be God's people outside the church, that God will refresh us and encourage us because there's so much discouragement around at this time. So that's kind of how I sum up what regional ministry is about for me. And that's my prayer as I come to join with you. Thank you also for giving me a passage to, uh, to preach on, or actually two words to <laughs> preach on, uh, which are actually normally when we're invited to preach, so people just say, come and bring whatever God lays on your heart. Subtext, bring your favourite sermon uh, to, to, that, to that group of people. So it's always a challenge when we're actually given something to preach on, but it's a good challenge, Ellen. By the way, Ellen was the first person to contact me to invite me to, to preach. You're not actually the first church uh, that I've preached at. I've preached at Tenterton a little while ago. Oh, and by the way, I do send your greetings and other greetings from church to church. I forgot to say that at the beginning. Uh, so, is it okay if I send your greetings onto the next church that I'm with? Is that, is that okay? That, that would be marvellous. And um, it's Dover, by the way. So, I'll be sending your greetings to Dover. I didn't ask them this because I forgot. But I'm sure Tenterton, Zion Baptist Church in Tenterton would lo- that was the last Seba church I was at, would love to send their greetings to you as well. What I also love to do, and I've left my mobile phone down here actually, this is because you did the interview, it threw me actually, because uh, I normally have a little thing. Is it okay, you, t- you can't disagree with this by the way, because I've already asked Ellen, but is it okay if I take a picture of you, that I can then show at Dover, when I'm at Dover, and if you're all waving, You'll, you'll like sending your love and greetings. Is that okay? Is that alright? Yeah. <laughs> <always> like this. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched your videos. I know you're, you're alive. Um, now, we have a problem because this is quite a difficult room to take a photograph of. I so, aim that way. So, <laughs> aim that way. <laughs> oh, by the way, Ellen says if you don't want to be in the photograph, then um, just do your shoelaces up for the next uh, minute or so, okay? Um, so what we need to do, we need to do a pano. Do you know, these? You know how to do a pano? Which means that it's going to take a little while for me to pan across to this area. You want me to stop here, do you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you need, to, you need to start waving as the camera comes, come, as a, the phone comes across, yeah? Is that okay? Now, if there's anyone this side that wants to be in the photo twice, then what, what you can do is run out the door and leg it all the way around and then you'll get in the photo on the other side. So, are we ready? Yep. Do, do we need to practice? No. <laughs> no, no, get on with it, get on with it. Okay. I am, um, t- how do I do, it? oh, no, do I have to hold it, don't I? <laughs> I do need to hold it, don't I? I need to hold the button, don't I? No, no just press it. Oh, just press it once. Is it working? Yeah. If this doesn't work, I'm blaming you all. I'm not sure if it... Oh, yeah, maybe it's working. Yeah, you're looking all lovely. Now this is a bit of a problem because I have to turn here. Yeah? I don't know if this... Yeah, maybe it's... If it's if this, uh, I did this once at another church. Waypoint. Do you know Waypoint Church? Yeah. Yeah, I did it at Waypoint and it didn't work. <laughs> and we had to do it all over again. That didn't work, I don't think. <laughs> No, do you know, all I got was you. <laughs> well, let's try again, shall we? Um, what went wrong there? Let me just... OK, we're working now. Yes, let's go again. <laughs> oh, that's, that looks like it's working now. That's much better. Uh, yeah, keep going, keep going. You're great. Thank you, Chichester Baptist Church. <laughs> There it, yes, it bleeped at me as well. You look at that, that's lovely. That's you. I doubt if you can see that. <laughs> thank you very much for that. Great. I was saying thank you for giving me this passage. The other reason that I was really, I just rejoiced in the passage that you gave me is because it's one of my go-to passages. I, uh, I use this prayer app, it's called Prayer Mate, if you, if you, some of you may know it. Um, and one, I've put a number of verses in it that I go to that have just come up randomly. And this is one of the, the passages that comes up from time to time. And so I just, I just thought, oh great. And one of the reasons I love this passage is because of these words mutual affection. Whenever I read it, I mean, everything else looks like normal. You know, you expect it to be there. You expect Peter to say godliness and what are some of the other things that he puts in there? I haven't got the passage in front of me. Oh, godliness, faithfulness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance. You expect all those things and then you get to this thing, mutual affection. Someone once said, I heard this say, that in scripture we are called to love each other. Amen? Yeah? We're called to love each other, but we're not called to like each other. Hmm. Not sure that's true. That's why I'm so grateful that this mutual affection words are here as you kind of build up. This is a holy mass, as you call it, don't you? Holy mass. As you build up this godliness and knowledge and perseverance, it's, it's part of the attributes of the Christian faith. That actually, I believe that we are called to like each other. Tough that it is. In fact, actually, in some ways, it's easier to love each other because we can say, oh, okay, this is going to be sacrificial, this is going to be hurt, this is, this is something I need to do, so I'm going to, I'm going to love this person. And you do the love bits, and you kind of tick it off and say, oh, great, great, I've done that. But like is much harder in some ways because like is that you can look someone in the eyes and say, I like you. It's something of value, something of worth, something of greatness, something of goodness something of God inside you, when you can look someone in the eyes and say, even though you cause me so much stress sometimes, I like you. I like you. And is it possible, because you're all sitting there going, you could, you sit there and just think oh, all those people that you do not like. Is it possible in the power and grace and goodness of God that you and I might learn to like them? Actually more than that. To deeply respect them. To honour them. To hold them. To care for them. To be kind to them. To be gracious to them. To believe in them. To to lift them up in prayer and say, God, do great things in their life. Is that possible? Yes, I believe it is. And I'm so grateful to Peter that he includes this this word, mutual affection. Actually, I don't think it's a good translation, by the way. The the Greek word is... uh, philadelphian philadelphian which is two words actually put together philo the word one of the words for love in greek and delphian brothers and so probably the the literal translation is brotherly love or to love as family actually i think is a good translation to love as family we often talk about the church as being family don't we and I get the sense, actually, there was so much noise in this place earlier, which is always a good sign. You know when families get together? They tend to make a lot of noise, don't they? I don't know what your family's like, but they tend to make a lot of noise. Certainly ours does. They tend, certainly Sue's family, when they get together, they make a lot of noise. Um, they tend to make a lot of noise, but they make a lot of noise because that's, they enjoy being in each other's company. And therefore, we are called, we are called by God through the writings of Peter, but... All the way through scripture I want to argue To be Family together And to recognise that each and every one of us Are brothers and sisters In Jesus Christ So let me just unpack this um, this, uh, this part of the Holy maths uh, Series for a few minutes I know I've got about 20, 25 20 minutes, 25 minutes Yeah. Uh, let me do it in two ways Let me first ask the question why Why is it important that we love each other in this way, care for each other. I've got to be careful not to use the word love because I know that comes up next week. So there's kind of a it's link. A That's your sermon. I'm, I'm, I won't try to sneak into your sermon. Um, but I'm really, really glad I'm before you <laughs> rather than afterwards. Uh, and here's the first one it's the first reason why is because each and every one of us are made in the image of God. Genesis 1, verses 27. God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. Just uh, turn to the person next to you. Have a good look at them. And then say to them, you're made in the image of God. You're made in the image of God. I don't really know what that fully means by the way. I think it's one of those passages that I've turned, returned to time and time again, and the older I get, the more and more I realise I do not really know what that means. <laughs> what is it to be created in the image of God? It's an awesome thought. It's awesome to think that you and I, yourself, you, your very self, somehow reflects the nature and the wonder and the character of who God is. But it's even more so incredible to think that the person sitting next to you or actually the person you struggle to like is also reflecting something of the wonder and the glory and the image of who God is. I'm fascinated to think that actually in this passage when Genesis, the writer of Genesis records it, he says... Or she. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God he created a male and female he created them. And he includes that male and female bit. And I think part of that is to say that there is equality in all. There's not half the population that are reflecting the image of God. It's the whole of mankind. Humanity. Each and every person. And I wonder, I mean, forgive me if I'm stretching this a bit too far, but I wonder whether, you know, we could also say that's true of young and old. As the young look at the old and the old look at the young to recognize that God is in the young and God is in the old. Whether we're colored or white. Whether we're poor or rich. Whether we're an intellectual or we're kind of a practical person. Something of God is being reflected in us. Even... Whether we're a Christian, yes, something of God should be reflected in us. But also an unbeliever as well. Something of the image of God is in us. Why should we care? Why should we look after each other? Because we're made. Each and every one of us in the image of God. Second part of this why is we are loved by God. We are loved by God. I want to read to you. Uh, 1 John 4 so if you've got your your Bibles in front of you I just want to read from verses 7 to 12 as a kind of additional reading at this point to remind ourselves that uh, love sorry to jump in on your sermon a little bit but love flows from God dear friends let us love one another for love comes from God everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God whoever does not love does not know God Because God is love. This is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Next time you're struggling with that person who is difficult to like, remind yourself that God loves them. God loves them. God loves the sinner, and therefore we should love the sinner. God loves the the annoying person. And therefore we should be called to care and love for them. God loves the weak, therefore we should love the weak. God loves the proud. And therefore even those people that are arrogant and difficult to work with, we're called to love them. God loves the aggressor. That's a hard one, isn't it? And therefore we're called to love the aggressor. God loves the erratic driver who we find we want to just shout and scream at. So the next time someone cuts you up on Chichester bypass, smile with a God-loving smile. As I was kind of writing this, I was reminded of that great parable of Jesus. You know, the unforgiving servant? You find it in Matthew 18. We won't won't read it, it, but but actually just just a couple of verses from it. uh, Just to sum it up, at the end of that parable, where this, this servant is, is forgiven or their debt is paid or, or passed over or, or cancelled, actually, their debt is cancelled. And then they go out and they grab the first person that owes them some money uh, and demands for that money. And Jesus says this Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And then in verse thirty-five, eighteen, thirty-five, this is how my heavenly father will treat you unless you forgive your brother and sister from your heart. God loves. God loves those people that we find incredibly difficult to like. That's worth remembering. And thirdly, why? Why should we care for each other in this way? Well, we are brothers and sisters in Christ we are brothers and sisters in Christ and it's always worth remembering that Jesus is our oldest brother he's our elder brother isn't he he's the one that entered into the family right at the beginning through his death through his resurrection each and every one of us enter into the family we are blood family aren't we when, uh, when I was uh, younger, as a young lad, I've got two brothers, I've got, I'm a twin. So David's my twin, so Jonathan and David, that kind of makes sense, it? or David and Jonathan I should say. And I've got an older brother, Nigel, and we're very, David and I are very different to Nigel, we're about 18 months younger than Nigel. Uh, we went to the same school, but when we went to school, we went to, firstly we went to two different schools, and then you go up to the upper school. So we joined the upper school, and we just, just discovered our brother was being bullied. Um, Our older brother. He wasn't um, particularly academic, our older brother, and he he had a difficult time at school. And David and I were once, we we were in the playground and these three lads came up to my older brother and they started to kind of hit him and kick him. And David and I, we were kind of younger, smaller, we stood there amongst the crowd of people watching this go on and then something instantaneously inside us snapped. And both of us just went at these three people, these three lads. He's our brother. We're family. we are part of this together. We're not going to stand and watch this happen. We all got beaten up, by the way. Um, <laughs> jumpers ripped and all sorts of stuff went on. But that's what families are, isn't it? You're kind of, something in you is, that's my brother. He, I share his blood. Well, we share in the blood of Jesus. We share in the blood that was shed for us. Each and every one of us starts at that same place of relationship with Christ. And so as we're journeying alongside each other, surely, surely, regardless how difficult this person is or that person is, surely we should be reminded that we are one family that entered into the family through Jesus' blood on the cross, the one who died on our behalf. So these, these seems to me, these are three really good reasons why we should have mutual affection, affection as, as a characteristic of our faith. But let me just move on as we kind of come to a close, we're well not that close to an end by the way, but gradually come towards the end of how. How do we do this? How do we do this? And the first thing I want to say is this. Believe in each other. Believe in each other. Believe in each other's goodness. That each and every one of us, yes, there are weaknesses. Yes, there are mistakes. Yes, there are parts of us that God is still working on. But there is bits of us that are good. If you can look someone in the eye and recognize that there is something of good in that person, it helps us to actually begin to believe in who that person is. Most people, when there are difficulties, both in families or in community or even in the church, most people don't intend that to happen. I mean, I've been, I've been a pastor of two churches. And we've been through some difficult situations and circumstances. And most occasions, when things have become difficult, what I've discovered is not because someone's intentionally difficult. It's because, actually, somewhere along the line, we've misunderstood each other. Is that what you discover? Somewhere along the line there has been a miscommunication or a misunderstanding. And even if we could just stop and look at each other across the room and, and, and share with each other, sit down and have a cup of coffee together and work it through, suddenly we discover, ah, we're actually on the same page. It's just you misunderstood. You want something of, good, of the goodness of God. And I want something of the goodness of God. And then somehow we can actually come together and recognize that the problem, the the hiccup, whatever it was that took place, and rectify that, we can actually see the goodness of each other in each other. And also, as we believe in each other, let's believe in each other's gifting. That God has poured out his gifts on each and every one of us. That each of us has a gift. When uh, I, One of the joys of being a regional minister is that you do ordination services and you do induction services. They're a little bit awkward for Baptists, actually, I find. Because actually, as Baptists, we want to say that actually everyone is called. And everyone has a gift of God to actually use for his glory. And in fact, in our ordination and induction service, we acknowledge that although we're inducting or ordaining a certain person, we acknowledge that the whole church has gifts in which to bring and to give. But actually what we're doing is we're setting part this person to equip the saints for works of God to the glory of his name. To recognise, that's that's kind of Ellen and Andy's role really, I don't know if they realise that by the way, but I hope they do, but (laughs) their, their role is actually to release your gifts so it's not just them working on behalf of God but it's the whole church working on behalf of God and if we can look each other in the eye and recognise that God has so gifted each and every one of us that there's something of the Holy Spirit in each and every one of us one of the main principles isn't it of Baptists is priesthood of all believers Have have you heard of that that we're all priests each and every one of us are called by God to serve him to fill in the gap, to be there for others. But also, I believe in another principle, by the way, and we don't talk about this much as Baptists, but I believe in the prophethood of all believers, that the Holy Spirit has been poured out on each and every believer, that we might become this band of prophets who are actually filled by God and then communicate to the world the things of God. Each and every one of us, the scripture says, Joel, the prophecy in Joel and Acts, that the Holy Spirit will be poured out on all people. And to look someone in the eye and go, God is at work in your life. There is goodness in you and there is gifting in you. is a great way to begin to show mutual affection. Let me uh, add another thing. Oh, by the way, I I do a bit of um, mentoring from time to time. Do you do some mentoring, Ellen? Yeah, I I love mentoring. Because one of the foundations of mentoring, the principles of mentoring, is that you believe in your mentee. You believe in your mentee. That you believe God wants fruitfulness for them. And let me encourage you. For those people that you uh, find difficult to like, try this. Try to start believing that God can do something great through them. Number two then, be kind to each other. Be kind to each other. You know the word kind or kindness, well the word kind is a small word, isn't it? But can I say as a regional minister, I mean, and we do deal with some difficult situations in churches, if only we could grasp some of what this word means under the guidance of God... Our churches will be so much healthier. It's a small word, but it's a huge word. It is a massive word. In fact, actually, if I was to define this mutual affection, I would say it's probably wrapped up in kindness. And that's not just a weak... It sounds a bit like a weak word. I want to redefine it as it's got great depth to it, great sacrifice to it, to be kind to each other is so, so important. You know, kindness and kind comes up in Scripture over 250 times. The calling, I, either the reflection of God's kindness or the calling on us as his people to be kind comes up time and time and time again. I could have picked up all kinds of different passages, but I'm going to choose Ephesians 4 verse 32 where Paul writes to the Ephesians and he says, Be kind and compassionate To one another. Forgive each other. That's part of kindness, to forgive each other. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. And be kind in two ways, may I suggest. Be kind in word, be careful with your words, the way we speak to each other, the way we write to each other, and can I add, the way we use social media. We as Christians need to stop and think. Mutual faction is about being kind and being careful and caring for each other. And sometimes we just lose the plot when we go on social media. I don't know what it is. Actually, I'll tell you something. Baptist ministers can be the worst of this. So it's, you know, it's not just church members. A rule of thumb that I've used for years and years, and I share this with churches from time to time when I go around, certainly the churches I've pastored, If you've got something encouraging to say, say it, write it, send it. Write something down encouraging. Find find a, a card and write it down. And if you've got something to say, if you want to encourage someone, write it down, send it to a person. Because they will receive that, they can return to it, it will stay with them for a long time. If you've got something discouraging to say, whatever you do, Never write it down. Never type it out. Never write it. Never send that letter. Because if you do, that will remain with them. For as long as they keep that letter. And they can return to it time to time again. I I, I keep, I've I've received a number of letters that are both encouraging and discouraging. I tend to read the discouraging ones and then under card in prayer I put them in the bin. But the encouraging ones I keep... Because when I receive the discouraging ones, I then go for the encouraging ones. And I remind myself that God is still in his heaven, and God is still at work in my own life, but others' lives as well. Because when you receive an encouraging word, you want to keep that, don't you? You want to return to it. So let me encourage you, don't write the discouraging things down. If you've got something that's discouraging or negative that needs to be dealt with, well, do it the biblical way. Go and meet with them. Go and talk with them. Go and see them face to face. Work it through together as best you possibly can. And if you need help, as Jesus says, go and find a friend to come alongside and support that and see if you can get it to a good place. But try never to write it down. But if you've got something encouraging to say, yeah, go and have a cup of coffee and tell them, but also write it down and encourage their hearts and soul. This is part of kindness. And then in our actions, do the things that are kind to each other. Stop occasionally and say, what do I need to do that is kind to encourage this person? And don't make it random. You know these random acts of kindness? You could go onto a website and uh, find a whole list of random acts of kindness. Don't make it random. Make it spirit-led. Pray and say, God, how can I show kindness to this person? Particularly the person. Here's a challenge for you today. As you go home, be thinking not about the people that are easy to like, those people that are difficult to like and I wonder whether each and every one of us, this would be amazing wouldn't it, would go away and for one person we struggle to like, to pray this prayer, Holy Spirit how are you leading me to be kind to this person in this coming week and I wonder what an impact that will be across this fellowship but also into the community don't make it random, make it spirit led and last but i I really this is not the least by any means in fact this is so important weep pray and rejoice with one another in 1 peter 1 verse 22 so this isn't actually out of the passage but it is peter writing again to the churches he says these words now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other Love one another deeply from the heart. Allow your emotions to be affected by each other. When you struggle with someone who is unlikable, <laughs> difficult to care for, as I've said time and time again, picture looking into their eyes. Actually, even if you're able to, physically look into their eyes if it's possible. And ask the Spirit of God to move your heart. To move your heart. William Shakespeare said these words, didn't he? He said, the eyes are the window of your soul. And I think that's true to a large extent. When you look someone in the eyes, you see what their heart is. And it takes quite a lot to look. So You know when you're with someone that is difficult, that is tough, that has actually hurt you? To look them in the eyes, it's kind of dodge the eyes, dodge the eyes. I don't want to look them in the eyes, all those kind of things. Well, force yourself to look them in the eyes and say, what is the emotion in their life? And may I feel that, Lord Jesus. May it not just be something that I know in my head, but may it be something I feel in my heart. And may I weep with the ones, it's easy to weep with the ones we love, the ones that are close to us, our friends, our friends. But may I weep with the ones that aren't so likeable, aren't close to us. May I pray with them. May I sense their journey in God. And may I rejoice with them. May this not be just an exercise of a kind of a, a mental exercise that we do. We say, oh, yeah, once the regional minister came and pro- spoke spoke on mutual affection. May it be not just a mental thing, but a, an emotional thing, a heartfelt thing, where we reach out and realise that these dear people are people made of God, loved by God, part of the family because of all that Jesus has done. And therefore, I want to journey alongside them. I think it's just a great series that you're doing here, and I really hope, and I believe It's going to impact you and affect you as you think about these words. And I want to pray for you now. And I want to pray that as you begin to apply these things or continue to apply these things into your own lives and the life of this church, that you will see the grace and goodness of Jesus Christ. So let's pray. Lord, you have called us to be a family. Connected together by the blood of Christ. We recognize that you so loved us. And therefore we pray and ask Lord. That by your spirit and only by your spirit can we do this. Can you teach us to value each other. To care for each other. To support each other. To respect each other. To befriend each other. And to have a deep, heartfelt sense of kindness towards each other. Lord, I thank you for this church. And I thank you for the great work that they're doing. And I thank you for this journey that they're going on as they think about these attributes of the Spirit of God. And Lord, as they sense or they try to apply these things with your help, may you fill them with your Spirit. And may they discover that in this, there is great fruit. Great fruit of God. As they love each other, care for each other, as they look after each other, as they journey alongside each other, may this community, may the town of Chichester, see the glory, the wonderful awesomeness of God and his deep, deep kindness for them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.